Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I am your host, Father Shane Demon. And I am your other host, Father Travis Crotty. And we're so glad to be here. So thank glad. You, thank you, everybody. Thank and you clearly so they're much. happy that we're wow, here, too. Wow, thank you so much. Wow. What audience participation <laughs> we have in this That's studio. excellent, yeah. <laughs> we had to hold up the big sign that said applause. Yeah, those, those cue cards come in so handy. Listen, I just got to jump into this. So many people have been asking, because we have so many diligent uh, patrons now mm-hmm. of our show, mm-hmm. did... Father Travis Crotty, get a moped. That is the question that on everyone's mind. I get that question all the time. I think people are more interested in that than the upcoming political elections. Did you get a moped? Okay, so to everybody out there, I do have a moped. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. you. Look at the applause. Wow. Thank you, everybody. They're just roaring. But as I'm a high school chaplain, basically all of my students... I think it's pretty lame. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What I've learned though is seventh grade boys think mopeds are the coolest thing in the world. Right. And then all of a sudden when you become old enough to drive a car, mm-hmm. mopeds become the lamest thing in the world. Yeah. You went backwards, father. Yeah. And I just want everybody to know. So it was, it was a very generous gift that somebody gave me. Uh, it's an old moped that's seen some, some, <laughs> some years with some high school students or middle school students. It's on a it. retro bike. It is. I mean, we're looking at it's a 2005 Yamaha Zuma. Nice. And it's actually the same color as my car, which is pretty nice. Um, but I've learned that I'm pretty big for a moped. My <laughs> legs are very long and there's not a lot of room. To Does this look on. like the bear on the bike in the circus <laughs> or what? <laughs> not as much, not as much, but, um, yeah, it's been fun zipping around on the moped. I've had a lot of fun uh, going up and down. So there's one mile between the church where I live and the church where the office is and where the school is in Lamar's. So back and forth all the time on Highway 3. Um, it's been great on the moped. Lots of visibility. Lots of people can see, you know, their priests running around, lots of waves and stuff. Um, however, I was made fun of by one of our parishioners who's 93 years old. Oh, I, Mary Hartman, I walked into the church after parking it under the carport at the parish and she started making fun of me and she said who was that little boy out there in the moped <laughs> well if she's 93 you probably still look like a little boy at your uh, age anyways i, I am yeah I am. <laughs> yes so uh yeah we're rocking the moped um we we've got it's 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 got a nice you know it's picks up to a nice 30 miles per hour on wow. a, on a good day um i tried uh i don't recommend this to anybody who's got a, a two-wheeled automobile um I got really excited when I saw that Dairy Queen now has my favorite blizzard available. That is pumpkin pie blizzard. Ooh. I'm not a I'm not I'm not like a pumpkin spice latte kind of guy. Oh, you're not? Not really. It's just a lot. You are a coffee out. king though. I'm a coffee king, I guess. But I do love pumpkin pie blizzards. Okay. It's just I don't I rarely go to Dairy Queen until September, October when the pumpkin pie blizzards come out. However, I got so excited with the pumpkin pie blizzard that I ordered one the other day through the drive-thru on a moped. That was a new experience, drive-thru on you a moped. You went through the drive-thru on a moped? I did. So <laughs> I I thought, this this will be fine. And sure enough, I can, I'm can. i sure I can just, you know, just cruise around just the side of the building with it in my hand. Um, there's still like a lot of dried up ice cream that dripped all over the, the kind of <laughs> seat and floor of the moped. So okay. just do not recommend uh, ordering ice cream on a moped. In a kind of distracted driving, isn't it? Yes, and I so not. 
but I'm learning. I'm a new moped driver, right? I didn't get to do this when I was a middle schooler. Um, so some brother priests have, have said, it's that, wow, this is so cool. Um, some buddies in seminary have said, this, you're really dumb. Um, so really the verdict's still out there, whether it's actually cool that I have a moped now. Um, I'm loving it. It's great. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Maybe we should take a poll on social media to see if people think this is a good move or a bad move for you. <laughs> One of my friends told me, so there's this, there's this priest we knew uh, in St. Louis who I he, somehow he got the nickname Father Frog. Okay. And that might actually be his last name. Not sure. Okay. If he's listening, you can let us know. But forever, his entire priesthood, people would give him frog stuff. Mm. Just every type of memorabilia of frogs. Mm-hmm. One of my friends in seminary said, you could get rid of the moped tomorrow, but you'll forever be marked as the moped priest. There it is. I said, don't say that. I, no one needs to get me gifts that, res- that have anything to do with the moped. It's strictly for transportation. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and come to your aid and protect you. Okay, Father. Thank you. Because for any of our listeners, particularly in Plymouth County, Iowa, or anyone in the Lamar's area, you are not allowed. You are not allowed to go get Father Travis a pumpkin pie blizzard at Dairy Queen now, like every single day and drop them off at the rectory. Because now that he has revealed ah, one of his favorites. You're right. The foods. I can't say that. Yes. You taught me not to do that. Yes. And, I and didn't you blew listen. it. Oh, man. And now you're going to be 400 pounds because Shoot. people are going to be, they are not allowed to go drop these things off. Father fast. Father is going into a strict fast right now okay. from, uh, okay. from these delightful blizzards so I'm, that he doesn't I, become 400 pounds. I don't know if I can actually agree to that, but yes, okay. thank you for that. Um, also, yeah, nobody buy me like, uh, moped like ornaments or something like that. I just, <laughs> just don't need that in my life right now. I think you need a like an orange safety flag waving in the background. I have the flag. Oh, don't you do? Worry. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. They have leather jackets for moped well, riders. Deacon, do you need an embroidered? The deacon at our parish told me that he has some old Harley leathers with tassels. Oh, for when he had for a, a moped tassels. For, yeah. So we might we might get that hooked up. I don't think so. And this last thing I'll say about the moped: I filled up half of a tank of gas after the weekend that I got it mm-hmm. and it cost $1. Laudate C. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's, you are Pope so Francis. green. I, yeah. You are one, so green. Yeah. $1. It's thrifty. Life is simplicity and it's good for the environment. I am going to install some GoPro cams and some trees around Galen <laughs> high school. So that after the first snowfall, when the middle school students come out after class and they start pegging you as you drive away from school <laughs> with snowballs, I want recorded images of this. Yeah, okay. So that's the thing too. Like the high school students have no idea what to do with me with, one of the one of my students works at the ice cream parlor, and he gave me a a, a hat he got for free okay. that says "Certified Ice Cream Dealer." That's black and white. And I said, "Well, hey, you know, I might be wearing uh, my new hat when I'm riding my new moped." And he's like, "Father, you did not get a moped." I said, <laughs> "I guess I just have to see." He said, "You're you're too much. I I just don't know what to do." <laughs> you're just rocking their world right now. I really am. Yeah, oh. mopeds and backwards hats for ice cream parlors. Well, you keep us posted on how your riding <laughs> is going. I will around. The hills and the dales of Iowa on I your will. moped. Okay. I, I hope our listeners are satisfied. They have been asking constantly, did he get a moped? Did he get a moped? Did he go moped? Well, inquiring years want to know, and hopefully they're now fulfilled. Right. The motorino is in my possession. Great. Stay safe, Father. We really don't need to lose you in an accident. Right. Stay safe. Thank you. All right. Father Travis, in addition to the joys of now having your own moped. Sure. We also recognize that there's a lot of other emotions going on in our culture right now. And I know you and I, as brother priests, you know, we're hit up with a lot of these emotions a lot because we're in the midst of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not interested in having a conversation about how we're going to solve this because, you know, we're not scientists and we're not government officials. But we are spiritual fathers and we want to speak into these really tough emotional realities that people have been dealing with since March, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I was in the room with our bishop that third week of March when he made the decision to mm-hmm. cancel masses throughout the diocese. And I, I, I could see kind of the heaviness weighing on his shoulder. Sure. There was a lot, a lot of counsel in the room. Um, but back then, no one knew what was going to happen. Right. You know, you, you were watching the, the international news coming out of northern Italy in which, you know, priests and laity were just dropping dead left right. and right. Sure. Uh, you saw in New York City what was happening in February into March with uh, refrigerated container trucks outside of hospitals literally piling up dead right. bodies. Sure. And no one, of course, knew how bad it was going to get. You know, is this going to be the bubonic plague all over again, or is this going to blow over? Right. And ever since then, people have been wrestling with, uh, you know, were the decisions made properly? Uh, was it good to shut down masses? Was it good to shut down the economy? Uh, how do I keep my family safe now? Is it going to get worse? There's a lot of angst and anxiety in people's hearts. Are you experiencing this oh, in your ministry absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I experienced it myself. I was had to leave seminary in the midst of that. So mm-hmm. I had two months left to seminary. Um, I actually talked to you on the phone as my vocation director um, on the day before St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So we're St. Patrick's Day ever. Right. And <laughs> I found out that night, uh, March, what? 16th. Right. I found out March 16th that seminary is being closed and pack your stuff and you're, you're taking off and you're and, not coming back and you're not coming back. That was a big thing. So most of the guys pack a bag for the summer. You're going to your ministry. You'll come back the next year and carry on. Mm-hmm. I was a transitional deacon at the time and they said, pack it up. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling the same type of weight you described, um, where it just hit me. I said, this is my life is, is not going to be the same now. Mm-hmm. Um, not a huge dramatic thing, but yeah, two months of seminary, finishing up with all of the different things. I didn't graduate. I didn't have a graduation at mm-hmm. all. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's not going to be able to happen even in October because the continued restrictions and stuff. So, yeah, I experienced that heaviness of leaving the seminary, leaving my parish, leaving the high school students who I uh, worked with in ministry, and now stepping into it five months later, realizing that, yeah, nobody is living their best life right now right. in the midst of a global pandemic. Some are handling it better than others, but, yeah, there's just lots of heaviness and lots of anxiety that's kind of floating around. Mm-hmm. I think some are wondering, you know, impatiently, when are we going to get back to normal? When are we going to get back to normal? I think there's a lot of other people realizing, I don't know that I want everything to go back to normal. Right. Uh, maybe there were some things in the past that I don't need to go revisit. Or maybe there's a few people finding some good fruits that are coming up. You know, maybe more time at home with family, family dinners. More, maybe they're right. finding more prayer time. I'm experiencing that with some of our discerners right. as the vocation director. But nevertheless, there's there's this desire to say, I I want to be able to know what's going to come next week without any moving targets in my life. I want to yeah. actually be able to plan because, you know, human beings, we like to plan. Right. Um, and I trust that the Lord, who doesn't have any anxiety right now, mm-hmm. he has no angst. He knows exactly what's going on. And he knows what fruit he's going to pull out of this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's reminding us, yeah, you human beings, go ahead and try and plan. You're yeah. always planning your future. Good luck with that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so where do, what do we do with that spiritually? Yeah. Uh, you know, people who are like, I, I missed the Eucharist for four months, or I don't feel safe going back to church, uh, or I, I just don't know how to live my life right now, and is the world falling apart? Right. 
or the, or the opposite, I think I've seen in myself sometimes and in others, just kind of that laziness mm. and that kind of apathy that set in of like, it's kind of like, well, uh, I guess I just got to sit at home and <laughs> watch some Netflix or, Netflix or scroll on uh, social media because it's kind of like, well, there's nothing to do and the world's, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. So we just got to you know, sit around. Right. So there's, there's, you're either really angry and passionate or you're just kind of dispassionate about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all these things have to be kind of related some way to something bigger. Right. And they have to be brought into a spiritual life and dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. Suppressing anxiety, suppressing angst, that is not going to be helpful. All right. No. Particularly as we look forward to the winter months, you know, if, if, if as the pandemic um, experts are saying, if we have a second wave coming of this, sure. and perhaps even if we're still living in the first wave and there's more still to come, uh, just suppressing these emotions or turning towards very unhealthy coping mechanisms, right. whether that's pornography, drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, online shopping. We're just, just kind of like deep, deeper and deeper seated anger yeah. at those making decisions, at those not making decisions, at your right. family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, resentment towards family members, resentment towards the church, resentment towards government officials, right. whomever. That's not going to get us anywhere, is it? Right. Well, and I'm thinking when we were when we were chatting about uh, these things the other day, what came to my mind was not, not that this is a war, but um, I visited Chicago once and saw some of the beautiful churches mm-hmm. and Our Lady of Sorrows in Chicago. I'm not sure which side of Chicago it's on, but it's this beautiful church, but it was just a parish church. But in the 40s, uh, during World War II, it became this pilgrimage site mm-hmm. in, the, in the Archdiocese of Chicago because everybody would flock to this church to pray to Our Lady of Sorrows because they were mm-hmm. experiencing sorrow. They wanted to relate that to Mary at the foot of the cross in this church. Mm-hmm. And it became this beautiful shrine of kind of entrusting your anxiety through the hands of Mary to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful that it's still now remained all these years later a shrine. And it became a minor basilica. Just that's the name of a church that becomes a pilgrimage site. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that as an image of like something to do with anxiety. Mm. Um, <laughs> in some ways, that was much more intense than what we're living in now. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, sending all sorts of your boys overseas and then just sometimes hearing through letters that they died, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, that type of anxiety people carried around. But I just love that there was this intuition of so many faithful Christians to turn to the Lord with that anxiety, not to just turn inward mm-hmm. on themselves. Yeah, how beautiful would it be if all of our listeners representing various Midwest dioceses you know, were to find uh, a stronger devotional life, a stronger prayer life in the midst of this, maybe even new basilicas, maybe new shrines pop up. Right. Where, I don't know, in the forests of northern Minnesota or the panhandle of Oklahoma or right. in the fields of Iowa, certain churches just start drawing people, not only by their beauty, but uh, as a place of refuge mm-hmm. in the comfort of fellow Christians, the comfort of, of organized prayer with social distancing, of course. Right. Um, but just being able to find uh, a rhythm of life, to find uh, a source of refuge and comfort spiritually to say, I'm going to go take my anxiety somewhere. And this isn't just an exercise to get out of the house and go do something right. as if I'm walking around a department store. Right. Uh, but I'm actually going to go intentionally seek the Lord and I'm going to say, Lord, I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to plan for the future, but I want you to live in me. I want you to uh, kind of be the main animator of all of this. And in my life, in my decisions, in my family relationships, work, career decisions, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I, I invite you in, Lord. Right. And I want you to help direct this. And I want to find refuge and calm in your sacred heart 
because maybe at times someone is feeling that their personal heart is all over the map. Right. Yeah. And that experience of relating, I just, I love that this is what I've received through my formation in seminary is that reality of prayer isn't always just so much of saying a bunch of rote prayers or trying to tell God things we need to happen, but it's basically an experience of prayer is relating what's on our heart, mm-hmm. relating the movements, the thoughts, feelings, and desires of our heart. But I love that so many priests would say information, it's not redeemed unless it's related. Mm-hmm. So Jesus can redeem everything in our life, but we actually have to give it to him and relate it to him. Right. Um, the scriptures um, talk about forgiveness all the time, and yeah, we can be forgiven, but we have to bring ourselves to Jesus. We can only receive from God according to how open we are to receive. Mm-hmm. I was preaching about that recently. I said, God's been compared to an ocean of mercy, but if like our heart is like a thimble, um, we, we can't receive all that he has to give us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was thinking too, yeah, there's this beauty of going and, and running to the, the sacraments and running to the blessed sacrament and running to beautiful churches. But during that time when the churches were closed, there was even more of that angst of, you know, we're, we've been locked out of our churches and we can't, mm-hmm. we can't come pray like we know how to. No one can lock us out of Jesus's presence in our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as, as much of a struggle as that was to be far from the blessed sacrament as Catholics, we love the real presence of Jesus. Um, there's something so true and real that we can relate to God every day in our heart. Mm-hmm. Like he is so present um, in, through the power of the Holy Spirit and his, uh, his divine indwelling in us. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful summary of what prayer is in its, um, in its foundations of relating that, sharing that with the Lord. It doesn't have to be just simply, well, I'm going to go read the Bible in church or I'm just going to go pray my rosaries. Those are wonderful devotions. Right. I'm not knocking those. Um, but I think you know some people just find it so freeing and liberating to be told for the first time, hey, you can just go share your, what's on your mind and heart with Jesus. And right. he's got broad enough shoulders to right. handle it, you know? Yeah, sometimes I listen to this little um, this news update podcast because it's only like 10 to 15 minutes every day and mm-hmm. I listen to that. And it's been interesting, like through the past you know, five months of this pandemic, they always do like little ads at the end of the podcast. And recently it was about, it constantly is about this, this counseling service that's available for depression, anxiety, isolation, all these different things, right? And not that good, healthy kind of psychological counseling and therapy isn't helpful. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And that can be such a, a tool for healing and growth. That's so right. good. But it's like, clearly we know that talking through our problems with another human being is really helpful. Mm-hmm. That's what therapy and counseling is and looking towards some sort of growth. But like, that's what prayer can be. Mm-hmm. Not that it, not that exclusively replaces therapy or counseling, but that should be the first move that we take when we experience any kind of that angst or anxiety uh, any kind of emotions, all those movements of our hearts, the undulation throughout our day. Is that the right word? We'll go Waves? with it. Is that, how do you say yeah. that? Undulation. Undulation. Yeah, it's close enough. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, the ups and downs all the time. Um, we can relate that to God. Like first, right away. That could right. be the first move rather than kind of like maybe someday down the road we bring this to the Lord. Right. Yeah. How beautiful we could possibly look back on the year 2020 in the midst of lots of hospitalizations in the midst of a lot of loss of human life, how beautiful it would also look back to say that was the year when so many Christians really deepened their relationship with the Lord. Right. And they shared much more with him and they received much more from him than they were ever open to doing or maybe even forced to do in the past or just maybe being invited. Right. Um, the Lord is always inviting and he knows exactly what he wants to accomplish in the midst of all of this. 
um, so to grow a heart that is much broader than just that thimble, right? To receive the ocean um, that is God Himself. How beautiful this could be in the midst of some anxiety that doesn't necessarily have to be there. Right. Yes, there's lots of unknowns, um, but when you go and take refuge within His Sacred Heart, or when you turn to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and say, "Lead me to Your Son," right? Um, there's a peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a wisdom that the Christian, the Catholic vision really provides in the midst of, of great trials. Right. And that can give us so much hope. I mean, this can sound like so much of a downer sometimes when people start talking seriously about these things, mm-hmm. but Jesus sheds his light into every experience of darkness and it doesn't need to be an experience of depression or defeat. It mm-hmm. can be an experience of letting Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life lead us toward light and joy. Right. Yeah. I think when those apostles look back, Later in life, when they looked back on that night in which Jesus came walking to them on the sea in the midst of the storm, yeah. I don't think they ever sat around a campfire later on in life and thought about the storm. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's so good. I yeah. mean, I think what they were fixated on was they will, they will never get out of their imaginations that image of, a, of the Christ walking on the water right, and not being bothered at all by the size of the waves. Yeah. Peter you know? probably didn't think about drowning a whole lot. Not after, after that. Jesus grabbed no. his hand and pulled him out of the waves. Right. So if, if for any of our listeners out there who are experiencing some anxiety, some angst, you know, we can call it COVID angst, um, we cannot lose track of who the master is and where he is at right in our midst. As his hand is always extended out to us, and he comes knocking very gently on the doors of our hearts. Because uh, if we were to sit back and just only focus on the storm, we will have missed kind of everything that the Lord wants to be doing right now. Right. And it, we'll love to later on really dig into how to pray and what maybe some foundations and fundamental realities of prayer are. Mm-hmm. But even just now to take this simple encouragement that you can turn to Jesus and relate what's ever going on in your heart right? and speak to him like you'd speak to a friend. Right. Excellent advice, Father Travis. Always good to be with you. Thanks, and uh, we look forward to tuning in with all of our listeners to another episode and good luck on that moped. Thanks. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.